Welcome to the Village Oak Tree for November 1st, 2023. Hello again, my name is Terrence O'Donnell and I'm glad to be back at your digital village. More news from around the world and a focus on something specific that I hope will make you upset. This once a week podcast is hosted on RSS.com, also available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, and Deezer. The show is free to subscribe to for now on these mobile apps or the donation tab on the Village Oak Tree webpage at rss.com and a donation page on my website at cronnabeha.com. Much like passing the hat at the end of my visit to your village. Please share this podcast with everyone you know as much as possible in order to make a difference in our world before it gets too late to do anything. A little about me. I'm of Irish descent and a self-professed Shauna Kay, a Gaelic storyteller. I want listeners to feel like we're sitting under your village oak tree, where I bring you headlines and my take from news feeds and relevant blog articles that I think are important to know about. I try to find stories from around the world that bear on the world we live in, no matter where we are in it. For each article I present to you, there will be a link to read the stories in their entirety in the follow-up newsletters posted in medium.com, substack.com, and in the blog section of my website at cronnabeha.com. During my break, I have created a two-minute advertisement for my website. It's the only commercial here in the the broadcast, so no worries. So coming up in the second half today, I want to talk about religion and the abuses by so-called church leaders around the world. I apologize ahead of time if someone becomes offended. It's not my intent to bash the people of faith, but rather the church leaders themselves for all the abuses against the faithful in the last 2,000 years. So, with that out of the way, let me get to today's stories. I don't have quite as many as I usually do. It's been kind of a dry week, all because of the Israeli and Palestine business. It's been eating up all the news feeds. And I've even got a couple of those in here myself. So, my first story came out middle of last week. Companies may be employers of contract franchise workers under U.S. labor rule by Daniel Weisner and Nate Raymond. This came out of Reuters.com. Good news for unions of workers in the U.S. As of December 26, 2023, businesses are now responsible for labor violations for anyone working for them, whether they are direct hire, franchisees, or contractors. Of course, the corporate world is all upset because now they can be finally held accountable for their actions towards their workforces. About time. Mapping methane. Satellites seek out gas-spewing waste sites. A first-of-its-kind waste map under development shows methane emissions at landfills around the world in a new fight against climate change. This came out of Al Jazeera last week by Samia Roy. Some good news, maybe. A new satellite tool to detect methane from landfills around the world. It's a good thing, but just one small step towards eradicating methane emissions. The next step is finding a way to get rid of all the things on this planet that are causing these emissions altogether, or at least dropping them below levels what the ecosystem can absorb. But first step is going to be identifying and then figure out what to do with them. Court issues stunning ruling against mining company in landmark case. Quote, this has truly given us renewed hope by Rick Kasmer, and I got this from the cool down. Philippine Forest scored a victory against a nickel mining company in order to save a forest area over environmental concerns. 
The local indigenous peoples have been trying to stop them since 2005. Some good news for the world's force that is much in need. And now we're going to go across the world to Russia. Russian delegate stymies creation of Antarctic Conservation Area. Efforts at major conference in Tasmania stalled despite evidence that such areas would save crucial foraging and breeding grounds for Antarctic wildlife. And I got this one from TheGuardian.com by Adam Morton out of Hobart, Australia. Another climate conference dead in the water over trying to save the wildlife and ecosystems in the Antarctic. The only reason the Russians would try to stop anything is because they would stand to lose something. In this case, maybe a reduction of fishing for krill. If too much Antarctic krill is taken, a lot of marine species could die of starvation. But greedy humans don't care about that. Take care of the human species first by overfishing the world. How short-sighted. All life depends on one another. Lose too many of one species and the humans will die out too. All life depends on one another on this planet in one fashion or another. You take a big chunk of something out of the ecosystem and everybody's going to suffer. But maybe the Russians don't quite care about that. UPEI data analysis confirms islands suffered shocking coastline loss from Fiona. This article came out of the CBC News by Nancy Russell, and it's about uh, the Prince Edward Island up in uh, the Atlantic Maritimes in Canada. So it's just a, it's just one place, but a portent of things to come from around the world as these big storms happen more often and hit places that are not used to storms like this, like PEI. If you live close to a shoreline anywhere these days, you might want to think about relocating. This one from China. Police rescue 1,000 cats and bust illicit trade of feline meat. And I got this from the BBC.com uh, from Nicholas Young. A sign of food, food instability in South China when cats are being sold as pork and lamb skewers and sausage links. This particular shipment was caught, but how many others got through? A lot of people in wealthier areas are condemning this, but the hungry poor, they don't care as long as they have food, no matter where it comes from. A sign of the times. This could be coming to a country near you. Ukraine war. And the only reason I picked this one is because it actually, it brings out what's actually going on over there a little bit. Ukraine war. Russia executing own retreating soldiers, U.S. says. This from BBC.com by Laura Gauzy. Shades of World War II. You know the morale is bad when Russian officers are shooting their own men who are running away from battles. You just have to ask how much longer the Russians will tolerate this kind of warfare. The other part of this, a little history lesson. Back in World War II, when the Germans invaded Stalingrad, they didn't have enough, the Russians didn't have enough rifles and ammunition for soldiers. So they gave the rifles they had to one out of every three soldiers. The idea was the first guy to run up the hill to the Germans carried the gun. When he got dropped, the second guy in line picked up the gun and ammo and moved on. When he got dropped, the third guy picked up the gun, and so on and so forth. Well, it looks like the Russians are going back to that tactic now over, over in Ukraine. Um, in this case, soldiers. Uh, the other part of World War II was if any of the soldiers tried to retreat from the battlefield, the the Russian officers would stand by with their pistols and shoot them as they retreated. There was no retreat possible. Well, looks like they're doing it again. Crowds. Now I'm, now I'm going to move over into L, a couple of LGBTQ articles. Crowds throng Taipei as Taiwan celebrates East Asia's largest pride march 
and I got this from Reuters, with over 150,000 attendees, including one of the contenders for president, the island celebrates its acceptance of diversity and a lesson for a lot of other countries around the world. The lesson being that LGBTQ plus peoples are here and out in the open. Accept them as just another version of humanity and let it go. And this one, I'm gonna, this comes from Africa. That was a good news article. Now I got a bad news article. 76 arrested at party in Nigeria in what rights groups call a LG, LGBTQ witch hunt. Advocates say police are making a show of anti-LGBTQ crackdown after second publicized raid in three months by Sheena Goodyear, CBC Radio. So, like I said, on the other side of the world, Nigeria is doing just the opposite, arresting young people for LGBT, LGBTQ plus gatherings, regardless of why they're gathering. Apparently, it violates a vague 2014 law in some way. The worst part is the stigma of being paraded through town as a criminal. Guilty before proven innocent. Lawsuit accuses Abercrombie and Fitch of funding sex trafficking operation out of BBC.com by Rihanna Croxford and Ruth Evans. And this is a kind of an LGBTQ article, but it's also about sex trafficking of male models. This is what happens when you give people unfettered access to all the money they can have and they lose control of themselves. Sex trafficking of male models because they could using corporate assets to manage their vices. How many other rich people are doing sordid affairs in private that involve slavery and sex trafficking that haven't been caught yet? And that's, you know, that's the big thing about it is these, these uh, rich corporate CEOs were taking all this money, corporate money, not their personal money, corporate money, and involving these male models in sex trafficking. Of course, they're in court over right now, uh, but the fact that how many others out there are doing this? Chinese party delegation visits Solomon Islands. Chinese state media reports out of Reuters. And this is a kind of a political article now. So as I reported a few weeks ago, the Solomon Islands is desperate for help. And since the U.S. decided to ghost them with platitudes and no action, they signed a police agreement with China last July because the U.S. wouldn't do it. And now we're looking to secure some economic help as well. These, you know, that will surely put the CCP in everyone's backyard, much to the chagrin of the West. Well, snooze you lose. These people in the Solomons, they don't care as long as somebody helps them out. China's money is just as good as American money. Iran does not want Israel-Hamas conflict to spread, Foreign Minister says. And this is another article out of Reuters. And then I'm going to get into Israeli-Palestine stuff. So, as I said, they, you know, Iran is saying publicly they don't want the conflict to spread, but they don't mind trying to take out American military assets in Iraq and Syria, though. They're firing missiles and drone bombs and all kinds of stuff to American outposts over there. So I still believe that Iran assisted Hamas under the table with its plan to attack Israel. It's just that nobody knows about it yet, but I'm sure at some point the new, you know, the truth will come out. Not that Iran really cares. Settler violence in the West Bank undermines Israel's security. I got this from Time.com by Alex Lederman. West Bank Israeli settlers and soldiers have been terrorizing Palestinians forever, it seems, and no one seems to care. This is part of what's driving Hamas and Hezbollah. There's disdain, disdain and looking the other way as the settlers murder and main Palestinians at will with little, little repercussion from the government. 
Why has the West been ignoring all the human rights abuses taking place over the years but looking the other way? And now, siding with the Israelis because they were attacked. How about the incessant attacks through the decades of his Israeli occupation? Does that count for anything? Apparently not. Now we're going to get into an abortion article here. 61 people in the U.S. criminalized for alleged self-managed abortions, report finds. A justice group calls some charges in the past 20 years illegitimate use of state power. It says over 40% of the cases involve people of color. And this come out of TheGuardian.com by Carter Sherman. Between 2000 and 2020, 61 people, including seven minors, were criminally investigated or arrested for having part in an abortion in some capacity. This has been a problem. It would only continue to get worse as certain states have a bounty system in place and other draconian laws, all because their religion tells them they can do this, or at least that's their excuse. There is something very wrong with Christianity that allows for things like this. I read the New Testament several times, and there's nothing in there about abortions one way or the other. And, you know, Jesus said, love thy brother and sister. But apparently the, Christian, the, the Christians here in this country have forgotten all about that part. Now we're going to get into kind of climate. Well, I'd say more environmental at this point. Uh, and it has to do with climate change. Inclusive. China snaps up Australian French weed as crop, crop damage spurs buying spree by Naveen Thukral and Dominique Patton from Reuters.com. This is important to pay attention to, with China buying up wheat crops like crazy because of climate destruction losses. The run on available commodities like wheat and rice may soon cause severe shortages and drive the prices up again. If you thought your food budget's high now, wait for it. If China goes around the world and buys up all the available wheat, you can just bet it's going to start hurting people in other places. Uh, with the United States having trouble growing their own these days, could be trouble in the future. Now we're going to go across the other side of the world here. Um, we're going to go over to Northern Ireland. U.S. business delegation pros post-Brexit opportunities in Northern Ireland by Amanda Ferguson. There's another article out of Reuters.com UK. But until the DUP decides to quit playing like spoiled children, most American businesses are still interested, but holding off until things get settled. So I wonder if the rich DUP leadership truly sees the economic damage they're doing by not settling into this joint governorship with Sinn Féin. And there's been a few articles about this whole business, not just the fact that the DUP won't go to Stormont, uh, but the fact of all the economic damage they're causing by not going there. Sinn Féin to bring United Ireland pitch to European capitals by Katarina Damone. And there's another article out of Reuters. And these articles are coming out of the European version of Reuters. Marilyn McDonald, who's uh, in line to be uh, the president of Sinn Féin, who's seeking to be the, you know, she's trying to be the first female prime minister, uh, taking Leo Varadkar's place, wants to travel across Europe pitching the economic idea of the United Ireland to EU leaders. If she can drum up enough support in the EU for Ireland in the months to come, they may actually have enough Irish support for a referendum within the next few years. And that's basically what's holding it all up. They don't have enough economic infrastructure to make this happen yet. And they need support of the EU to make it go. So, yeah, they're predicting that sometime probably uh, in this decade, they're going to put a, a referendum up for Irish voters. We just might, after 900 years, 
we just might see a united Ireland for once. Can concrete dust help to fight climate change? This Irish startup is trying it out on U.S. farmland. And this came out of Euronews.com by Rebecca Ann Hughes. Concrete dust could permanently sequester up to 100 tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. An Irish tech startup is trialing the use of concrete dust on farms. A company based in Sligo has developed an enhanced weathering technology to try and remove tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Once the crushed concrete is spread over the fields, it breaks down the soil and enhanced weathering, and this will in turn soak up the bicarbonate and stores it in water or seabeds over time. Trials have been good on Irish farms. Now they're getting ready to try it on some American farms. Well, I wish them best of luck for this. The world could use all the help they can get. They want hunting for fossil fuels. What they found could help save the world by Laura Patterson and CNN. Scientists in northeastern France found a huge pocket of white hydrogen, which is hugely valuable as, valuable as a green energy source. It can be used in all sorts of manufacturing and doesn't pollute. Now how to get it all out of the ground and use it? That's what they're working on right now. Scientists gobsmacked after discovering how powerful moss is. It's doing all these amazing things, unquote, by Sarah Klimek. And this is Australian lifestyle. Um, scientists have discovered how much moss contributes by sucking up six times more carbon dioxide than any one to one ratios. It gets its water from the atmosphere since the cells don't disintegrate like other life forms. They just go dormant when they run out of water. Then it come back at the first sign of water, like rain or heavy humidity, which if they can if they can make this all work, it can do some amazing things for all these uh, forests that are uh, being burned up. Five thousand scientists warn society could collapse by 2100 due to climate change. Quote: Unfortunately, time is up. Unquote. This came out of Futurism.com by Neural Asibaz. A new paper published in the journal Bioscience has been co-signed by more than 15,000 scientists in 161 countries and warns that life on planet Earth is under siege as we continue to hurl ever faster towards environmental collapse. They blame the burning of fossil fuels for the majority of it, subsidized by the governments. That's a pretty big deal, 15,000 scientists. I mean, that tells you that the world's in trouble. The Arctic is becoming one giant construction site. A naval port in Nome, Alaska, it's the latest example of military corporate interests rushing in as the Arctic thaws. And I got this from the NewRepublic.com by Stephen Lazak. A remote town of 3,600 people has now become ground zero for the U.S. Navy to offset the Russians and the Chinese who want to cash in on the warming Arctic for, for new mineral rights and other things. The Navy wants to build a deep water port for its largest vessels short of a carrier in order to play the military police up there in the Arctic. It's all about the money they made for mineral exploration for the future, and the Americans who want their more than fair share, as usual. Now we're going to get into social injustice. Child labor violations are up 69%. Here's what Congress is doing to address it, by Rachel Looker in USA Today. The U.S. wants to update antiquated labor laws and increase the fines for companies caught in the act as more of a deterrent. Right now, if a company gets caught, they shrug it off, pay the paltry fine, and move on. With over 5,800 kids employed illegally in just 2023 alone, they assessed more than $8 million in penalties, an 83% increase since 2019. 
This just shows how desperate the labor market is in the U.S. after COVID. They're willing to hire anyone capable of doing the work and look the other way. All to keep the profits moving upstairs. Child marriage is still legal in most of the U.S. Here's why. Loopholes in the state and federal law allow minors to wed by Alejandro O'Connell Domenic. This came out of thehill.com. About 300,000 children and teens were legally married in the United States between 2000 and 2018, according to Unchained, a nonprofit that works to help them. Only 10 states out of 50 have laws now outlawing marriages to minors under 18 years old. Some women are trafficked into underage marriages for profit, and for others, it ranges from cultural to unwanted pregnancies, forcing couples to marry early. This was legal in all states until 2017. Then a few states started passing laws. Eight states have no age limit as of yet. Most of the reluctance is based on religious freedoms. Certain conservative Christians and others don't want to change anything, which is just another, another reason for patriarchal communities to exploit children, primarily girls, for power and profit. This is also social injustice and medical as well. Hospitals, doctors drop private Medicare plans over payment disputes by Ken Altucker in USA Today. Seems that private insurers who have been offering these Medicare Advantage health insurance products are taking the money and running, not paying doctor and hospital bills, refusing to pay for needed procedures, and other things, and dropping groups they feel are too costly to take care of, too risky, as they say. The ones caught in the middle of this are the patients and the insured who get stuck with unpaid bills or no insurance at all. I guess the federal insurance regulators are too busy to notice what's going on here. A West Virginia school system mandates religious training following a revival assembly lawsuit by Leah Willingham in the, in the Associated Press. The article I got came out of WOBR.org uh, out of West Virginia. A school district decided that annual training was required because the school led in a Protestant minister for a revival meeting in the auditorium and some students objected to being forced to go there by the teachers. Another example of Christians in right-wing states making decisions for others about their religious beliefs and bringing it to classrooms. So much for separation of church and state. My last article today is, it's, it's about tax fraud, actually. Worldwide tax fraud. One trillion in unpaid corporate taxes sparks UN tussle by Tobias Byrne in thehill.com. His article details how the IRS and the U.S. has tried to go after corporate domestic tax evaders, but the real issue is over American global international corporations who are still stashing their cash overseas in tax shelters that are on the shady side. It's mostly the Americans who are the tax sheets, but there are some EU companies doing this as well. Some African countries are trying to draft laws to come after the tax cheaters and take it to the U.N. to go after them. They hope to vote on this this month. Of course, the U.S. is pushing back and will not likely ratify anything. No surprise. Well, that's the end of the first half. And now I'm going to take a couple-minute break, uh, and I'll be back. So give it, a, give it a, a listen to my uh, advertisement for my website, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I want to take this break to bring attention to my website, crontonabeha.com. Just type in www.cranna-beatha.com in your browser and search for it. 
You may also use the link in the newsletters or podcast transcripts to find it for the first time, as the name is in Gaelic and a little hard to find unless you know what you're looking for. Then bookmark it for your risk to return. I also have the RSS feeder enabled, so if you like my podcast, articles, stories, and poetry, you can get a notice whenever I post something new. Search for Cronda Bayhaw blog in your RSS feeder. Within the website, there is a homepage where you can learn a little more about what Cronda Bayhaw means for a little bit of Irish culture, and a little more about me in general. I have a blog page where I post copies of the podcast newsletters, blog articles, stories, and poems. There's a drop-down menu with links to both podcasts, a donations page, an ad page for my published books, and a contact page in case someone cares to leave a message. All the stories, poetry, and newsletters I write are available in the blog section of my website for free. If you like what you see, feel free to leave a donation and or a message in the comment page anytime. I will respond fairly quickly until bedtime. Enjoy the music, and I'll be back with the second half shortly. Welcome back to the second half of the Village Oak Tree. As I said before, I have no love for the Catholic Church due to all its abuses of power and people dating back to 325 AD. I've had other podcasts where I've given a lot of this stuff in detail. I'm not going to do that here. But I have had my own share of bad things done to me personally by this church in years past when I was trying my best to be a good Christian and a Catholic. After, but after what happened, I walked away and never looked back. After my last go-around, they told me never to come back, which suited me. I was a full-fledged pagan by then anyway. I picked this story up late last week, and it's basically what started this whole um, narrative here today. It's just another story among thousands about how Catholic clergy abused children through the ages. Spanish clergy sexually abused more than 200,000 children, commission finds. Report finds. 0.06% of Spain's adult population said they were abused by members of clergy when they were children. And I got this from aljazeera.com. So if you include lay people, non-priests or non-helpers, there are over 400,000 cases of child sex abuse in Spain after the government decided to investigate. And this study goes back to 1940. Imagine how many of the, you know, have done through the ages before 1940. So that's, that's pretty sad. So personally, I think depriving men and women the natural inclination to procreate is just asking for trouble. It would be different if the priests were castrated and the nuns were given mandatory hysterectomies and made to take medicines to suppress their natural desires. But they never were, and now we see the results of such folly. Then you have all the brainwashed worshippers who have been led to believe in an unseen God and his prophet, Jesus of Nazareth, whom the Christians at the Council of Nicaea decided that Jesus needed to become the son of this God of the Israelites long after Jesus was crucified by the Romans. And, uh, um, you know, if you look at the history books, the reason they did that is because they were in a fight with the other half of the Catholic Church up in Byzantine, Constantinople. 
These ordinary people have been told for nearly 2,000 years, starting with the apostles in Rome, that if you want to achieve a much better life in this unseen heaven above, you must live your life here in the Middle Earth a certain way. Few manage to do this. But the caveat is that you can ask a priest to absolve you for your sins if you confess them to him privately. In order to take advantage of this benefit, you must be a Catholic club member, along with other so-called benefits of belonging to this club. In order to be a club member, you have to attend Mass as many days a week as possible, confess your sins once a week at least, grow up in a church from birth as, a, you know, as in baptism by a priest as a babe, catechism, confirmation, and so many other rites of passage in the church in order to go to that specific, special Catholic heaven when you die. Now, the Protestants have their own version of this to go to heaven membership. Depending on the church, the path may not be quite as strenuous, but a specific life path must also be followed in order to get to that ultimate heavenly reward. No matter which version of Christianity you follow, if you stray off the Christian path even the slightest bit, You'll be told that you're jeopardizing your chances to go into this heaven. You must get back on a path and follow it unto death. Oh, and by the way, make sure you give at least 10% of your gross earnings to the church on your way out the door. The priest or minister or whatever title they want to give themselves thanks you. In the case of Protestants, the more you give may determine the lifestyle the church leader will live in. In the case of the Catholics, all the extra ties and donations go up the chain of command until it reaches the Vatican and Rome. The hordes of rich and poor Catholics must pay for the palatial estates of the archbishops, cardinals, and the Pope. No one in the Catholic Church makes much of a personal salary, per se. Just that the higher you are in the chain of command determines the lifestyle you may have. So here's another article I found that emphasizes the brainwashing that Catholics and some Protestants go through from infancy. Italian churchgoers denounced liturgical horror of altar girls serving communion. It was as if I had killed someone, says priest in Negra, Bergamo province in Italy, who chose child to assist him. And this is from, I got this from TheGuardian.com by Angela Gofrida in, in Rome. A humble parish priest in northern Italy vilified for asking an altar girl to help pass out communion because there was no one else there during the Mass. This is how brainwashed these Catholics and a lot of Protestants are when it comes to the rules needed to get to heaven. They get crazy if even one rule has been broken. And this article talks about how this poor parish priest didn't have any deacons or any other, you know, ordained special people, and he was having trouble. So he just kindly asked the Arla girl to help him. And all the parishioners around everywhere got all upset at him. Oh, my God. The horror of it all. That's quite a big write-up in Italy. So this is by no, you know, by no means an isolated incident. This kind of stuff goes on all over the world within the Christian churches. People are so afraid of stepping out of line in the slightest way, they get crazy if anyone steps off the written path, written in their holy book somewhere, but they're unable to find it exactly. But we'll be the first to tell you that God commands it, whatever rule they think you broke. And these rules depend on what version of Christian faith the people think they belong to. Different rules for different churches. The Ten Commandments are the basics, but after that, yeah, they kind of write their own. I've been to so many different churches through the years when I was a kid, that I wonder now, just what does it take to get to heaven? Especially when the rules change so much between churches. We all know that only a very disciplined person or a small group of persons can manage to live such a strict life 
in order not to break any of the rules. There have been a few. I've seen all some sort of mental issue when compared to other Christians from other churches. So those of us who have been on this earth a little while have met or heard of some of them at some point in their life. Christian stake worshippers of the Appalachian Mountains in the United States being one group of crazies. Then there's devout Catholics who go to Mass every day without fail, follow all the rules in public, but in private, well, maybe not so much. We've all heard stories of seemingly devout neighbors who got caught in compromising situations. Some don't believe in sex unless it's just for getting pregnant. Some, people, some believe that women should give birth every nine months until they're too old to do it anymore, if they live that long. There are also many other lifestyle choices among these strict Christians. It's no wonder a lot of them stray off the narrow path. Catholics abusing altar children because they are denied a normal sex life, that being one of them. Protestants fleecing their believers in order to live lavish lifestyles, justifying it somehow in their version of the religion. Protestants believe that what they do in the privacy of their homes is okay, as long as it's kept secret. We all know about these things because the secrets don't stay secret forever. So, think about it. How many people have you know got caught doing things they weren't supposed to, and it came out either in church, through the local gossip tree, or the neighbor gossip tree, or what have you? Um, you know, like I said, when you do something that you really shouldn't be doing, it generally doesn't stay secret. So that's why we keep seeing news articles like the ones I provided. Secrets get out. When people give in to their natural urges, someone always finds out. And if it goes against the Christian rulebook, bad things happen. In the Catholic Church, the hierarchy did their best for hundreds of years to hide the bad people away in monasteries and out-of-the-way parishes with few believers. In the Protestant churches, they might run them out of town or worse. Either way, the abusers and rule-breaking church leaders were not handed over to secular justice when they should have been until the last couple of decades. Not all have been brought to justice yet, as the Australians can attest. The Australian Catholic Church is in a tussle with the government right now for covering things up and wanting the abusers to stay that way, out of sight, out of mind. The government's trying to arrest them. These churches are responsible for starting wars between nations, between towns, and other genocidal behaviors, stealing money by the millions, Sexual abuse of both genders on a grand scale in some cases. The latest example of news are the Irish Magdalene laundries and the Native American boarding schools that killed children and young mothers by the hundreds, and so on throughout the world. The Islamic and Hindu religions aren't that much different other than the celibacy thing. That's strictly a Catholic rule. And yeah, there may be some in some very, very strict minor sects somewhere. But for most part, major religions. The celibacy thing is strictly for the Catholics. And it's not really that well enforced, apparently. Do what you will, just don't get caught. Which isn't working out so well anymore, as the abused are stepping forward these days. All of these organized religions have one pervasive theme. Live a strict religious lifestyle, and you will go to some kind of heaven when you die. As long as you obeyed all the religious rules to the letter, every day of your life. If not, you'll go to a very bad, scary place for eternity. Given how strict these religions are, these hells, as they like to call them, must be awfully full by now. I much prefer to believe in what I can see, smell, hear, feel, taste, and sense, rather than something I have to believe in on faith. I don't like all the rules getting into these clubs, either. Too many to deal with. I don't like living such a stressful life, always wondering if I'll be good enough to get into some kind of heaven. 
I think, enjoying every day I'm able to wake up into, smelling the world, hearing the world, seeing the wonders every day, tasting the wonderful foods out there, or determining not to try something again, you know, once I tried it, and touching the fabric of the natural world around me every day while trying to avoid getting bit, kicked, or gored by some of the other inhabitants makes for a very wonderful life. This internal tribal strife between the humans has become a death sentence for the planet. We are so intent on our little tribes that we forget that we are part of the biggest tribe of all, mankind. And I stress the word kind, something humans have largely forgotten in their quest to get to heaven on the most opulent transport they can acquire in their lifetimes. A lot of them seem to think they can buy their way into this heavenly club somehow, even if they have to steal the entry fee. I stepped out of that race to heaven years ago, if I really ever was ever really in the race to begin with. I was never indoctrinated into this Christian religion as a kid. Our religious upgrading was haphazard as our dear father didn't believe in anything, and our mother tried to help us fit in whenever she could by shuttling us off to a church whenever she could. But by high school, she had largely given up on the idea. As an adult, I wanted to fit in with everybody else, so I tried Christianity, but it never really stuck with me. I tried at different times for varying reasons. By 2008, I gave up altogether decided enough was enough. It was time to leave all the stress behind and find out what kind of spirituality suited me. I've been a lot happier ever since. As for the rest of the world, I feel sorry for you if you're still stuck in that loop of trying to satisfy a priest, a minister, or a devout family member. People that are telling you how to live a very strict lifestyle in order to get to a mythical heaven for a better life than the miserable one you're living in now. Our distant ancestors didn't live with such stressful spiritual lives before the Christians, Hindi priests, and the Muslim imams came along. Their biggest worries were having enough food and whether some other tribe would try to take it from them. If you want to know what's wrong in the world, follow the money. The money trail always leads back to some human doing some selfish thing to satisfy an itch. They don't care about anyone but themselves and how to scratch that itch of desire. There have always been bad people around. That's human nature. What is not natural is letting these bad people be in charge of other unsuspecting peoples, letting them follow their urges and hurting others along the way. Our world governments and corporations are full of bad people who are all deeply religious within their chosen faith, or so they tell everyone. I follow a very natural spiritual path, the one my ancient ancestors, the Gaelic Celts, practice. I don't worry about striving to get to any heaven or worry about any eternal life in a fiery hell. Those are Christian constructs borrowed from other cultures before them, such as the Greeks and the Romans. When my body finally dies, I plan to be buried in one of those composting funerals where my body will return back to Mother Earth to replenish what I've taken from my use during my life. I've seen Christian burials where they preserve the body in concrete crypts, as if they think the person will come back to them somehow. I know I'm not coming back to this life. Why should I want to have somebody preserve my organic body? I'm no different than any other creature of the animal kingdom. Do they all get a burial service and have a grave dug for them? You know, some human pets do, but they're the exceptions. It is right for all of us to remember those we are close to, close to in life, even our beloved pets. I know I love mine, and that is why I celebrate Samhain every year, to remember my ancestors and those brother-in-arms that I served with, the ones some of them didn't come back with me. I have no desire nor fear of a religious faith 
they're responsible for so much destruction of life since its inception at the Council of Nicaea in Rome. The selfishness of the little Christian leader that led to the transition of the corrupt Roman Empire into the Holy Roman Catholic Church was the start. And if you step back, you can see what it has wrought on the planet ever since. Wars, pestilence, eco-pollution on a worldwide scale, wealth gaps, sexual abuse, and unnecessary deaths on a vast scale, and brainwashed humans following after these leaders without question. If a person were to actually read the Christian New Testament, you would find out that this prophet Jesus of Nazareth didn't advocate for any of this calamity for his followers. He was a peaceful person and preached peace and tranquility for all mankind, even the Romans who occupied and governed them. It was those who came afters that subverted his teaching into a race to the afterlife and a golden heaven above the earth and a hell under the earth. Now, my people have a belief in the three worlds also. The underworld, where the spirits of our ancestors live, and the shed. The middle world, where we live our lives. And the upper world, above the trees, where the gods live. There's no fear of any of them, except to someone, when the veils between the spirit world become thinnest. When the spirits of our ancestors come across to visit, and the shed come out to torment us mortals during the wild hunt. No stress, unless you're out and about way after dark by yourself, especially during Samhain. Any other time of the year, we seek the blessings of the gods as best as we can without worry of some priest or minister who's going to bring eternal damnation down on top of us for not obeying his rules, whatever they may be. And be thinking that because he is in charge, he's exempt from those rules in private. So that's all I have for you this week. I hope I've enlightened you a little bit today. And I'll leave you with my question last thoughts of the week. Have you ever been threatened by a religious leader so badly that you feared for your mortal soul? Have you been scared so badly for committing a sin that you immediately fell into the Christian line of devotion and prayer so you wouldn't lose your place on the heavenly escalator? So this also applies to Islam and other strict religions as well. Ask yourself, is this how you want to live your life? Afraid of eternal damnation? Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it and you'll return again for another episode of the Village Oak Tree. Feel free to share this with your friends and relations. The more you share, the more we can convince enough people to make the world a better place to live in. I hope I've achieved my goal in helping you feel like we've been sitting under the Village Oak Tree today. As a Shauna Kay, I want to continue to travel to your digital village every week to bring you something that might bring you a smile or make you think a little bit after we part for the day. As I say goodbye this week, I wish to leave you with this Irish blessing as you go about your day. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. Schlag a foil, which means goodbye for now in Irish.